This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. Welcome to the At 530 on Main podcast here in the Extension Studio today with Mike Davis, Sean Collins, and we have a special guest, Richard Clements, in with us today. Richard is an experienced business professional with over 15 years in corporate and commercial finance, uh, specifically focused in lending, credit analysis, structured finance, M&A, joint ventures, all within the financial services and commercial industrial sectors. He is the Director of Business Development at Quarion, done a little pre-research there, (laughs) technology, where he leads the sales and marketing efforts with Fortune 500 prospects such as Amazon, want to talk about that, Walmart, Toyota, Fiat, Chrysler, WSI, many more there. He is a commercial broker at Summit Real Estate where he markets and arranges commercial and industrial real estate uh, sales and purchases with uh, leasing as well there. He earned his Bachelor of Science degree in Environmental Science at Indiana University in 1994, and he earned his MBA at the University of Southern Indiana in 2004. He is a very active servant leader in our community here in Evansville, Indiana. He's been involved for a long time with Rotary International, Boy Scouts, the Evansville Sierra Club, the YMCA of Southwestern Indiana, many uh, other organizations on your your resume there that you shared with us. But for the most part, he's a really good guy. He's been recognized as a 2011 top 20 under 40 individual by Evansville Business Journal. He received the Oz Award for his volunteerism with the Evansville Morning Rotary Club in 2012. He's also a Paul F. Harris Fellow through Rotary. So, Welcome Thank you. to At 530 Thank on Main. You. Pleasure to have you. Great to be here. Yeah. Thank you. So um, tell me a little bit about the initiatives. We work on the Amazon side, on the mm-hmm. automotive. Sure. How is that experience today for the customer and your end customer? Uh, as far as the experience goes from our side, um, what we do from Corian, let me back up a little bit and explain a little bit about what we do. Yeah. We're um, an industrial Internet of Things technology firm that uh, specializes in real-time location and control. We use a technology called ultra-wideband. You've probably heard of uh, Wi-Fi. You've heard of RFID. Yeah. You've heard of even uh, GPS and cellular technology. Ultra-wideband is a different technology. It's been around for a while. And what we hope to do is provide our customers, our prospects, with the opportunity of having real-time location to bring control, technology to improve profitability, performance, and safety. So locating whatever inventory is wherever if it's chipped, right? People, equipment, you know, yeah. machines, and communicating amongst those three uh, groups, whether it be, again, inventory, whether it be machines, mobile or fixed, and personnel. Have you guys ever looked at healthcare? We have. It is uh, not an area based on our 
our agreements with our technology providers that we can enter into. Our focus, yeah. because of our technology agreements, are that we, we focus on warehousing and manufacturing. Yeah, because I, I know I just bring that up because I know in our world that's what mm-hmm. somebody's trying to sell that to them, and it, but it has to do solely with efficiency of staff and Correct. workforce. Yeah, and, and think about taking that technology then to a distribution center, yeah. a warehouse, or a manufacturing facility, and that's a lot of what we do is bring order to the chaos. That is uh, <laughs> absolutely that is that realm, and that, that helps with everything through and through, both on the inventory side of things, like right. everything going to. Just in time delivery, Correct. helping the the speed of efficiency and that in consumer mm-hmm. experience. So, how does that work with the real estate side? How is how do those two? I live in two separate worlds. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhat schizophrenic. Uh, where uh, or bipolar, I guess, would, would be where it's at. Really, is Corian at this point is we're a startup technology firm. So uh, the revenue has not come running forward yet as we're still expanding the technology. I like to think of us as kind of the bleeding edge of technology. We're out there trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work in terms of how our our prospects and our customers experience this new technology in terms of how we display it, how we explain it, and how we help them understand it. In the meantime, I do commercial real estate on the side while – we uh, slowly move forward. Yeah. But it is somewhat similar to the At 530 on main podcast here. You have mm-hmm. the physical space that right. you're dealing with and that right. experience for what your customers are looking for there on that side. And then the technology and, and how all that data is being right. dumped into whether it be a, a spreadsheet or some consumer experience funnel, right? if you will. So right. I, I think today is going to be a really good conversation. Well, I just wonder when I'm thinking about that and now thinking about what's going on with the coronavirus and the mm-hmm. supply chain in mm-hmm. China, how's that technology? Because your technology would be the warehouse, Correct. right? And so where does that go from there? Does it go to the consumer like, hey, I got a flat tire on my car and then all of a sudden I get a text on my phone. Hey, this tire is at such and such place in town and that then it gets notified the warehouse back at Toyota. It, it could. It very well could. It would be um, Apple is recently with the uh, the iPhone 11 has added ultra wide band chip technology to their phone. It's not turned on, and wow. we're trying to figure out how, how we, we can, can work with that. The difference between GPS and Wi-Fi and RFID and ultra wide band is we're highly accurate but we have a a short distance from which we can transmit and connect with our devices. But we can get location as close as six inches of reality X, Y, Z. And then we can provide a data backhaul. Uh, But it's very much, I was thinking about with this, uh, the the current discussion of the coronavirus, of who's in contact with whom. Yes. And I have the ability with our technology to tell you what, what employee interacted with what an employee, what they touched, where they were all day long through this technology. And that can be, you know, if you have an infected employee, I could quickly go and see with a report, who did they interact with all day long? Yeah. To walk in that fine line between Big Brother and that's, actual that, useful that's data, right? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it, it sounds like from the days when we first started in, in the mobile apps, geofencing was limited to right. just your X and Y. Mm-hmm. And if you got into a 16-floor building, mm-hmm. you know, that location and geofencing of the things that we wanted to display and push at that time really wasn't effective. And, right. and now with the technology, that coming through and I have a story you're talking about logistics of how we were looking at when in 2009 when mm-hmm. you know iPhone and everything is at, right. at the peak we're trying to and texting and driving was a big issue right we had worked with another organization to create an anti-texting device mm-hmm. that all of a sudden now everyone has but the IP of things if mm-hmm. you will Apple would not let us brick that phone. So we had an app that you would actually load load the app right. on the phone mm-hmm. and then pair it with a Bluetooth dongle that mm-hmm. was a 4G mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. And then that 4G card would communicate with the app mm-hmm. and it would let the individual basically have two emergency phone numbers. Mm-hmm. And then the individuals that set that up for the user could then basically say, uh, I want the phone bricked mm-hmm. when it's turned on when it's put in drive or when it hits five miles an hour. And what happened was when it it would then start to send out that this car is being protected mm-hmm. and do not uh, – we'll respond and mm-hmm. when we get back. Mm-hmm. So uh, we took that through. We had a lot of the anti-texting organizations on board ready to go. But Apple at the time was the big player. Right. And they would not let us at the base level of iOS. Mm-hmm. So they could run the app willingly, mm-hmm. but if they didn't really want it, they could swipe up and the app goes away. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was one of the things at the time. It, when you talk about Big Brother and how right. much, it's right. like, well, we have we want this data flowing through the phone, right. whether or not it's really driving or not. You know, you say Big Brother, but we like to think of ourselves more as the guardian angel. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching over, yeah. not watching into what you're doing. Well, because, and I'm all, yeah, and I'm always one that, like, right. when I say Big Brother, it's tongue true. in cheek a little bit because but I think everything can be used the wrong way. Correct. And it, it, it does, I can tell you it's interesting in conversations we have with, uh, as I mentioned, we did, we've had meetings with uh, – uh, very large corporations, and it's interesting. You would think the workers would be the ones who would be, you know, we've got to watch out for this, but high-level engineers that say, I don't know if I want to be tracked walking through the building or standing around <laughs> doing things, yeah. and it becomes a concern. But then you think about the trade-offs of, okay, now I have a system that has the capability of putting a shield of protection around me. Yeah. Uh, when I'm out on the floor, I have a system that is so accurate that it, it's measuring not only my direction, I told you the X, Y, and Z up to six inches, but it's got velocity and acceleration. And if I'm wearing that chip and I fall down, I can tell, the system can tell you just fell down yeah. and can alert someone that you've had an incident. So, And it's being able to integrate those things into a more autonomous workplace mm-hmm. where workers, you know, you have right now within the, the warehousing world, pick systems that either by by sound or verbal cues or even voice cues of where to pick things. Well, imagine yeah. you have something that's tracking you and we do have the ability to geofence because we are, we are mapping the entire shop floor of the warehouse, the distribution center. We're putting, you know, the real names to the XYZ coordinates. So you've got shelving units, you've got machines. We're able to communicate back and forth with uh, machines through an input-output device that gives that's using our ultra-wideband to signal us what state is that machine in. So you've got workers that now have 
the ability to have machines shut off, turn on, protect yeah. them. That protects machines, you know, mobile machines, forklifts, front end loaders, whatever's in the space to give them protection. Yeah, as a former warehouse worker in college mm-hmm. and fork truck operator, you know, flying around those corners and if somebody, you know, for instance, did fall or mm-hmm. whatever, you're typically going backwards or over here. And right. and then that piece of technology that's on the individual mixed with what's on the fork truck itself, right. then being able to stop that and, and, and save lives right, right. there is, is very, right. very important. Well, and you kind of touched on that. How is the the employee being notified something's happening or other people around them being notified right. something's happening. The guy fell down. Do I have a vest that vibrates? You know, do I have safety gear that Correct. illuminates something yeah. like Fast that ball. that notifies Fastball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said vest, vibrate. Oh, gotcha. I'm immediately yeah, yeah. going to I wasn't even no, thinking about baseball. It's, it's, it's in the arena, the, the, yeah. the, the physical, the visual yeah. uh, notifications, not just on the machine operator, but the, uh, the worker on foot as well. So it's yeah. there. So Apologies. I threw in a, a slam on ball. the Astros. Yeah, a little curveball on the Astros right there. Yeah. On another uh, intelligence coming in there. Hey. <laughs> Fastball, curveball. But then you argue, yeah. But it's the argument, right? Is it better mm-hmm. technology or are they cheating? Or are they just utilizing the better well, technology, Well, the rules right? state that you can actually you know? steal signs. It's just right. you can't use devices to <laughs> cue them. Gotcha. But you got it, yeah. Yeah. So you can yell the person's last name, like, let's go, Davis, let's go, Davis, let's go, Davis, three times. Right. Physically, they can hear that and experience that. And no, that's a curveball. But when they have three taps on the, they experience that. Yeah, that's, that's cheating. Cheating. <laughs> what about when they're hitting trash cans or something yeah, like making that? noise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like they said, they're hitting trash cans, and everyone's like, they're stealing signs. And then it's like, <laughs> but you go back into the dugout and oh, watch the replay. Oh, I figured it out, and now I know what sign. I mean, that's right. At what point are you like, guys? Either you keep up with the technology, yeah, that's around, you know. Don't eliminate it. For sure. So are you a fan then? I know in, in some of the leagues there, MLB is looking at implementing technology to remove the human experience of the the umpire. What do you think about that? I think – I don't like that. I think there needs to be from a sporting standpoint some error. I mean it's humanity. I, then it becomes so cut and dry. It's – you know, you don't get a chance to yell at the umpire anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, bad call. Yeah. You know, how many games have been – one, because of human error, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, it just it adds that uncertainty that makes an event worth watching. You don't know where it's going to turn left or right. It is funny you mentioned that, though, because this ultra-wideband technology is being integrated into sports. Uh, okay. The NFL is using it with their real-time stats because of its highly accurate ability to provide instantaneous measures and information and data. So when I see... One of the quarterbacks, let's say Tom Brady on the mm-hmm. sideline, he has the pad there, mm-hmm. the Microsoft tab. That's, uh, That's what it. he's looking at. Yeah, And you're also seeing it when you're watching some of these uh, drone shows where you see the drones. Uh, they yeah. had it in the uh, hmm. uh, the Winter Games in Korea. They just had them in uh, the Super Bowl halftime show. That's ultra-wideband. That's driving the precision location. Okay. All right. I know on some of the uh, just the lower, it's not the ones that are used in those shows, but now you can get the drones that either follow your phone mm-hmm. or like you can mm-hmm. say, go to, you know, 150 mm-hmm. feet and then be back. 
50 feet. Mm-hmm. Is that the same technology or is that just using cellular That's and using Wi-Fi probably, and Bluetooth? Cellular and probably uh, GPS, yeah. possibly. No, uh, you have to have an actual ultra-wideband network. And it again, it doesn't have the signal strength. That's one of its deficiencies is you would have to have a tighter network to get that. That's why we specialize on the indoor. Okay. So you build the entire network. You set up all the That's it. transponders, yeah. the yep. receivers, Transceivers the whole thing. is what we call because it, it both transmits and receives okay. the signal back. We do the uh, locally, all the technologies developed here in Evansville, and we use uh, U.S. manufacturers to, to manufacture our parts and pieces for uh, what we call the tags as well as the, we call them anchors okay. on the ceiling. So Great. Yeah. See, Evansville has high, high technology <laughs> and, and innovation here right at the heart. And Well, just a little plug for us for what's been developed is a group here, um, Eric Pryor and Mike Saholis here in the tri-state area using DecaWave chips. DecaWave was the pioneer in ultra-wideband chip technology. They were just recently bought by a company that's part of Apple. Okay. Uh, and they would bring people to Evansville to say, this is the best development of our chip technology in the world. world. So we had people from Ecuador. We've had people from Australia. We've had people come mm-hmm. here to Evansville to see this technology. So it went from Silicon Valley mm-hmm. to Austin, Texas. Now it's going up to Nashville. So what you're saying is Evansville's next. We're just a pioneering We're outpost. right there. We're right, We're right the there because I know it's slowly coming up. The road. Austin can't keep up. Nashville is is having the same issue with the. Technology and, and the innovators coming to where they can actually live and experience mm-hmm. and have that work-life balance. So then Evansville's just right around the corner. I love it. Love yeah. It. You can be anywhere, right? That's Nowadays right. Well, that's technology. what uh, one of our technology partners, they say, why Evansville? And he goes, why not? Why yeah. not? I mean, that's the thing, Got to right? be somewhere. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to be in L.A., New York, right. Silicon Valley, Austin. So, so it's a lot to be, be said. anywhere. A lot to be said. All for, right. I don't have – like. I don't have. We don't have the uh, Super Bowl game like the John Madden game of take a shot. If uh, mm-hmm. Sean says the word experience like twelve times, but I've probably said the word experience mm-hmm. at least twenty eight times since we've started. Right. What does that word mean to you? I think of experience. I think the tangible, the intangible of a place and time. You know, you go somewhere. You want the five senses affected by you know sight, smells, tastes, what have you, um, and then how that translates into feelings, whether it's a sense of wellness, a sense of well-being, fright. You know, how many of us have gone to, uh, uh, to a haunted house to, just to get that chill up the spine? Yeah. So, yeah. Or to a movie. That's correct. Go to Disney World, ride a roller coaster. You know, you go off the, the stratosphere in Vegas and do the yeah. – Bungee jump. <laughs> or, or a local uh, summer social and hope all the parts yeah. made, the, made it into the ride. <laughs> parts and pieces. <laughs> that, adds, yeah. Yeah. that adds another about, sense of Right. Yeah. So you've been touching a lot on products, mm-hmm. kind of what you were doing. So what's a product that you use every day that you'd say is well-designed or you know, this sounds uniquely designed? I, I think this uh, – I hope this doesn't sound kind of corny or whatnot, but uh, the cordless mouse – the way it integrates into your hand, I mm-hmm. think when it's a well-designed product, it becomes part of you and you forget it's there. And if it, if it allows you to do something so much more productive, I think of 
comparing my cordless mouse to a touchpad mm-hmm. and how you know how much quicker I'm able to do things with that mouse and it you know to be able to do something so fluid and the reason I say cordless is when I'm untethered and it just it allows me to use the sweep of my hands to do a whole series of things to communicate straight from my brain to the screen and not realize I'm doing it. I think that is a, a phenomenal design when it's able to integrate into you without thought. So do you look forward to the Tony Stark days where you can tell it what to do and move <laughs> it with your hand? Or do you really want to have no, it, the, the stylist or the mouse in your hand? You know, I like the I like the stylus. I'm a I'm a tactile person. I like sometimes I appreciate the the carved nature of a of a wooden handle mm-hmm. or or so I like I like the touch. Uh, I remember uh, early. Oh, this must have been way back in the late '80s. Uh, IBM had their uh, what is it? Uh, it was a PS2, one of their first uh, PCs, and it came with a word processing headset. And uh, I remember trying to get it to learn, mm-hmm. and I thought, ah, you know, just I just didn't like that interaction in myself. Yeah, and I liked the ability to engage and disengage with technology. So, how's that influence your? Obviously, the technology you're in, mm-hmm. it's a lot of wireless, a lot it of is. not connecting. Mm-hmm. How's your experience in wanting to have that tactile connection influencing what you do? I think. It influences us in terms of trying to take away the worry and and fear and unnecessary thought to let people focus on the work that they're engaged to do. So that's what a lot of what what we try and do is provide information and data uh, for both management and workers so that they can better do what they're asked to do. Yeah. So. You're in technology mm-hmm. and you're in real estate. Mm-hmm. How has technology shaped and changed the way you go through a, an, an average day with your real estate clients? Like, tell well, us a little bit about that. Technology has, in my mind, uh, rapidly and incredibly changed the ability for me to identify who's involved with properties. Uh, the the time to identify prospects or who owns a property is I can't imagine going 10, 15 years back and trying to be in the same position to quickly find using uh, GIS systems to, to identify who's a property owner and then to be able to jump from the property owner to then look on another source of data of what is that company that owns it, who right. are the parties involved with it. And then also to be able to use Google Maps and Google Earth to look at properties and the amount of time saved to quickly identify, well, here's a potential property. Let's look in the, the vicinity and see if I can identify anything that's either of a detriment or a benefit to that property. So that when I come to my clients I'm or, or prospects, I'm fairly quickly well-versed in the property, the yeah. community, and able to bring potential solutions very quickly. So, again, I can't imagine yeah. to be able to – like, for example, I had a, a, a call from an out-of-town prospect looking for a 1,000 units of multifamily. They wanted large apartments or a block of apartments. Within a short period of time, I was able to compile 
thanks mm-hmm. to technology, what's online from, you know, your assessor's website to the Secretary of State's website uh, to Google, using Google Earth, yeah. a listing of over 87 properties, details of how many units, the age of the property, the contacts for the property owners uh, in, in probably two weeks' time. And I can't imagine going through the old phone book back in the day of trying to compile that kind of information. So it has radically transformed, I think, the real estate. I was going to say the same in our world, too, because, yeah, before Google Earth, all that stuff, and then I can't imagine, oh, I got to take a day and drive to a bunch of different sites to look at it and get out of the car and stand there and go, Mm. okay, the traffic goes this way, there's a light there, but Mm. then there's a storm here, there's this, that, that. As opposed to just going to Google Earth and in quick and even throwing buildings on Google Earth, right. like taking the image, your building's going to fit like this. Approximately, it's this, right. and you're going to have these connections, and here's everything around it. Well, and very the, quickly, the amount of data that's also yeah. out there too, as far as you know, uh, from a retail standpoint, how many cars are traveling past this particular property? I can quickly gather that information, but it it certainly doesn't. I think it is a great augmenter. But it does not replace still physically going and experiencing the site because, you know, you can look on Google Earth and you can go, this is a great spot. And then you end up going there and you're like, boy, what is that smell around here? I can't get that, uh, you know, or the sounds of, gee, this would not be an ideal property because the sound is, you know, the traffic noise is awful, you know. But well, it, it, it lays the groundwork to make you very effective. I was going to say, yeah, that's a great point because it doesn't it doesn't take away the human experience. Right. It doesn't take away our experience of the site or where it's located. Mm-hmm. You still have to do that, but it's always a time saver. Oh, I think huge, it's huge it's, time saver. It's a time saver for, for everyone. Right. So with all that out there, on the consumer side of things, you have organizations like Zillow and, and all that using – that to basically try to go and say determine fair market value mm-hmm. and all those things is does that cause angst? It does, uh, but it, well, Zillow doesn't play into in the commercial realm, but it does. They do have some impact, but at the end of the day, there is something to be said for having that market knowledge yeah. of the stuff you can't read, you can't find, but you know because you're there. You know, unless you can take in all the crime statistics and the employment statistics and be able to say, you know, what is the condition of this property this year as it as opposed to it was five years ago and be able to acquire that data as opposed to being I live around this. I've got a feel for it. I've seen it, you know, Mm -hmm. and being able to say, you know, this is kind of an up and coming area. You can't get that from Zillow. All they do is comps. Mm -hmm. And so. So what's a. Slide in another question here. So what's your what would be a place you experienced that made you emotional, that you really you you remember that place? Um well it was I would say the place was a, a veritable sensory overload, but Rome and uh, St. Peter's Basilica, uh walking in the great door and the not bit well, first approaching it. And not realizing those doors are not scaled doors. And as you get closer and the higher and the higher and the higher they get. (laughs) And then when you walk in and the ceiling, you could fly an airplane. It's not the the, the grand scale of the building, but what it, that all of a sudden you're elevated in the space. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a great one because I remember walking there for the first time and being – it's not a big space mm. out, out in front. And, right. But it feels – when you're in the middle of it, it mm-hmm. feels enormous. Right. And it's like the architecture to achieve what they did and also the sizes of spaces where – you know, you're like Sistine Chapel or where right. these famous paintings are. And you're right. like, oh, they're huge. And you go in this room and it's like, wait, this room is like 10 by 10, yeah, 10 by 20. Yeah. And this artwork is right. huge. And right. you're just like, wait, you don't get that from the pictures. No, no, you don't. And a, But uh, your, your point of all that went into the architecture to convey a sense of feeling, you know, as you as you mentioned, as you approach, you're in the uh, plaza there, the piazza, and how it reaches out. Like a pair of hands grabbing mm-hmm. you with the the colonnades, all those sort of things. And, but you know, just any trip around at places like that, and then to overdo it with Venice, and then follow it with Florence, and then you kind of blah, 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 afterwards because <laughs> it's like I can't handle anymore. Yeah, you guess spend time over there. It's yeah. uh, that to me. And then you know, it's funny you say this, but it, or for me to say this too, but it's uh, my uncle's house. Um, it always oh. reminded me of my grandmother. Yeah, uh, there was because my grandmother used to stay over at my uncle's house quite a bit, and the the feel of the the really rough couch. It was kind of a wool couch, and the smell of fresh baked something always in that house, and that sense of I'm safe, you know. Yeah, because so, my grandma's nearby. Well, you brought that up, so and we were talking about podcasts we listened to, but there was an explorer. He does expeditions. I'm going to forget his name. I listened to him on a podcast. Oh, okay. He just did a trek across Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Unsupported me, and he didn't have like a kite, or he mm-hmm. just pulled a sled. Mm-hmm. But he said from the sleep deprivation of going through this experience in the isolation, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden he would start having dreams and experiences where he could literally think he was in another space and feel and touch and smell things wow. that he hadn't smelled since childhood. Oh, wow. And it was like, when you said that, I was like, wow, that'd be like what? sensory deprivation. I don't know what, what yeah. you call it. But. Yeah, for sure. It, it is it, of all the senses, the sense of smell. I'm amazed at how quickly it's ability to recall m- deep memories where it transports you to mm-hmm. a location. I could smell something and it's all of a sudden, I'm in my first grade classroom. The window's Absolutely. open. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, construction paper that's wet that was sitting on the windowsill. Yeah, <laughs> the pine <laughs> smell. I mean, it just pow. So, uh, so did you read of uh, Elon Musk is getting close to downloading memories? And mm, yeah, I think that just came out. Yeah, I had um, my first experience in um, in technology. I worked with a firm for a short period of time that was a industrial automation firm and this was back in 2000 and I still remember the first discussions because we were just on the there at the dot-com boom and everything was tech 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 and I still remember remember people talking about boy if I had the ability to plug in and interface you know I'd do it I'd do it you know they would say and I just uh, to me there's a that is something I kind of guess I recoil against. Yeah. You have to watch uh, Transcendent. Yeah. With Johnny yeah, Depp. Yeah, if you yeah, haven't yeah, seen yeah, that I movie, heard, yep. have you watched it? Yeah. that was. Yeah. I thought that was a very good take on mm-hmm. what it could be. Right. I just love the fact that the beginning of the movie, well, I won't ruin it for people, but it starts out and it kind of explains 
Right. And then at the end, it's like we achieved all that. And it's like, well, wait, we didn't mean it like that. Like you never know what the yeah. outcome's going to be of of these technologies. But, but it takes you to a philosophic, you know, you talk about the experience. How does uh, ultimately all of this help you achieve greater human flourishing? Is that does it does it detract and take away from your humanity or does it help you experience right. your true humanity? So, well, as a digital, say native, actually, I can't say that I was born before 1982, 1975. But everything I remember is touching some type of technology mm -hmm. um, today where all the EV cars are out there. Mm -hmm. and, and I know what uh, what the autonomous driving can mm -hmm. do for you. I know mm -hmm. the lane departure. I know everything yeah. that, that's that's in that space. But I still don't want. The experience. I mean, I have a 392 Hemi that's in my Durango. Number one, I love the sound when you start it. Uh, I love the actual smell of mm -hmm. that experience. The whole thing that's wrapped around it. And I don't want to detract from those things. And everything that's inside of that experience mm -hmm. is actually taken away when um, I might press the gas pedal too much. Gotcha. I go a little too fast. Mm -hmm. I may roll through a stoplight or roll through a stop sign and all mm -hmm. those things. And it becomes the perfect scenario that, you know, I hear these safe driving commercials right. with the telematic pieces. And I'm going, that's great. But at what point is it not going to discount that that is happening or whatever that mm -hmm. life moment might be mm -hmm. to save you 25 cents this month? But don't. I mean, I think that's changing. I think society's changing. We went through this cell phone, everything, and everybody's like, whoa, computer mm -hmm. in my pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Who would have thought of that when we were watching war games back in the back in the day? But you, everybody wants experiences now. And I think there are younger generations that have been growing up with this technology are now like, how am I using this technology to save me time? So I can go have those experiences. I think I'm probably about uh, maybe just a little older than both of you guys. I grew up in the 70s. And it was interesting because there was something that spoke to me in that era where you had a lot of these, you know, uh, you had the 50s and 60s where it was like everything was space age, advanced. Mm -hmm. We're going to live in the future. George and then, Jetson. And then through the 70s came the, you know, the I call the Grizzly Adams granola movement. <laughs> yeah. Back to the land. We're right. going to build our houses mm -hmm. out of, from hand, by hand. We're going to, you know, we're going to live off the land. You know, all these. I think there will be a cycle. I think there are these cycles where, you know, we want to go back and touch roots because that's we've got to have that to make us human is that contact with the land, with the tangible world. And I think, yeah. I mean, you see it's from time to time. When do, when do you have, like you, you talked about your Hemi. Well, the Hemi was was a product of the 60s. Yeah. Why did that come back out? Well, there was nostalgia for mm -hmm. something we've lost, you know, that cars became too sterile. We've lost that experience. I mean, no fault against those who love their Toyota Camry. I've owned a, I owned a Toyota Camry. It was a super capable car, but... It was it was driving wheat paste. It was boring. You know, there's something about that experience from the day to day. I bought a British car because I like to know that sometimes I'm not going to get to go where I'm going. 
you know, because it may surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> because the British like to build cars that don't always perform. So, hey. You know, there's yeah, some excitement. You something, you, you <laughs> like that excitement and you actually like the um, – I'm guessing here the hands-on experience of actually tinkering with, with that. Yeah, yeah. I I'm do. I, I'm, yeah. I'm one of those guys that uh, I always wanted to be able to do after watching my hero Bob Vila back in the day mm-hmm. to put in plumbing, to put in electrical, to, to have that experience of knowing I can do. Yeah. So. Yeah, mine with the car is a stick shift. Yeah, same. I, I, I want to stick shift again. Mm-hmm. It's just so – the experience of driving is 100 times better to me when you're when you're in control of that right. process. Yeah. Yeah. I just fear that uh, as we get into the IoT world that, that that experience of you saying, you know, the younger generation, um, you know, I, I want to experience more out there. I I want to be able to do more, and I just want to use this time between here and there to do something else, mm-hmm. to be very, very productive and mm-hmm. different, and, and that is great. The thing that I get concerned about on that is at what point is it feasible, like even feasible to drive because of your – Right. Of your tendencies, right. of your right. natural tendencies right. to be right. able to do that. Right. Uh, to be able to say that uh, my insurance is less than yours or whatever that is. And then, you know, I, maybe with my my tendencies, I wouldn't even be able to drive mm. because I couldn't afford the insurance knowing right. what comes out of mm. comes out of that, you know, comes out of that device that's transmitting all my experiences. <laughs> well, but, you know, if a newer car, it is already doing it. It's been yeah, doing it for a while. Doing, yeah. yeah. It's been doing it for a while since uh, 98, I believe, yeah. with the first 3G card in the black box. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and even using fun apps like Waze. Yeah. What it's transmitting. Mm-hmm. And it, it tells you, here's what what this speed limit is. Here's what you're going. Here's who's in the area. Here's right. a car. On, and it's everybody having that experience while you're right. on the road. And infotainment being, you know, the Ford F-150 has over 100 million lines of code in it today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the F, the, yeah. yeah. So we're going to start a new business, right? What's that? Building cars that are simple, no technology. Here's your handbook for how to. Fix everything on it, how to repair it, and you can work on it like There's, they used our grandfathers used to, and <laughs> change the oil and do all that yeah, stuff. All and there. it can't connect to your phone or anything no. else. Yeah, right. Uh, I believe there's a few uh, <laughs> Amish-made cars. Man. Yeah, right. That'd be a great <laughs> all business. Back right? to where it started. You think? Right. That's where it's. I mean, yeah. Actually, it's already there. You go out to SEMA, they're there. Yeah. Like the whole car is documented. It's. Mm-hmm. Here's A, B, C, D, like everything that's there. You can assemble it if you want to. Points, condensers, like the whole thing. Not one electronic device should some, you know, something happen to the grid or some EMP goes off or whatever it is. You're still going to be able to drive. I I find it funny, though, when I think about the experience, the the two people, you know, I I talk about myself, but the the president of our company, of Corian, lives in a log cabin. So, you know, here you are. We've got, you know, two people that are involved in the high technology. And I, 
I kind of consider myself a bit of a Luddite sometimes because I will actually put my phone away for long periods of time and just have no technology anywhere around me and just do things just to be away. And, yeah. uh, and our president of our company lives in a yeah. handmade log cabin. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on that so, one. So. Working on no technology days or mm-hmm. just, hey, put it away. Do it, do it at night now mostly, you know. But I, th- I think it really goes back to, you know, what is it What is it for? And as long as we keep in mind that experience that the technology doesn't re- try to replace us but augments or supplements what we do. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I-, I think about it myself in terms of how we approach our customers and our prospects that we want to be an assistant, not a replacer. Yeah. You know, that – but – Keeping in mind that sometimes there are work tasks that are true drudgery, mm-hmm. that if we can elevate that to a, a, a better existence through what we're able to provide, then yeah, I think we're doing the right thing and giving the clients and customers the experience that, that, that benefits all involved. Do you think there's a person, product, or brand that's out, that's out there that, that's doing everything right today? I mean, from a holistic experience perspective do you have an example that you can say this is the one that's carrying the flag for uh, you know i my only experience and i and you'll you have forgive me i'm again i'm i'm a bit of a, a luddite and i'm not a trend follower when it comes to i'm not your guy if it comes to the first first user of a product but i will say that the way apple for sure you know, goes all the way through to the packaging to deliver an experience. I think that you, know, you see more and more firms, but the fact that they went to that end to, you know, that first interaction with them, that it's through an uh, innovative product through the packaging, that's such a cheap thing to then have invested in to give me that sense of feeling and experience. It's amazing. I think, but I'm sure there's many, many others that give, you know, from from hoteliers to, uh, you know, cruise ship companies to, you know, whomever. But uh, forgive me, but I don't, I don't feel like I've got enough of a experience of what's out there to be able to opine intelligently. <laughs> you have to tell me. I'm going, getting ready to go to if if you've been, I haven't uh, in a long, long time. So uh, all of our friends are Disney, just. You know, everything Disney, everything Disney. Let's go, like, schedule the whole thing. But from even the individuals who aren't into technology, who are very, we want our life structured a certain way outside of these, say that that experience is manufactured to be almost perfect, no matter if there's 3,000 in that area or there's three. Right. I've I've not been. Have you? I haven't been yet, but I've seen and heard the guy that developed all the technology, the wearable technology that yeah. they're doing everywhere on cruise mm-hmm. ships mm-hmm. in the park. Beep, beep. You go to a map, you got to be here in five minutes to ride this ride so you're not waiting. Yeah. Like all that stuff that's coming because of overcrowding, which I could see making your experience because there's nothing worse than going somewhere and it's like, oh, you look up that line, too long, I'm out. And you just, yeah. you're, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to Stand in lines. I don't want to go when it's crowded. Um, to me, that defeats the the experience. And so, if you have something where it's, but then everything's got to be 
Right. Planned out before you even go. So how can you do anything different than what you're programmed to do that day, right? Our house is full of uh, (laughs) two creative, one connector and and one uh, pioneer. And we don't like any of that. So like where we're at today is we we will wait to the last minute and book our house on in Florida on the on the beach or whatever Mm -hmm. area we want to go to. And then we just go and experience like whatever time we wake up. okay, that's the day we're going to like our our thing is, okay, today's pool day. Tomorrow is beach day. (laughs) Tomorrow is, you know, go down to the rides and all that. But now everything is. The experience is 60 days out, your entire plan is done. Yeah. Like you yeah. go from this time to this time to this. You go from Even this. Even a year. Some of them are yeah. doing oh, a yeah. year out. Six yeah. months or yeah. 60 days yeah. is like from what I am I can see right now is is the, the maximum you can delay before you really plan your experience. Right. I'm like I, – that is zero experience for me. <laughs> yeah, that's to me that that you eliminate the opportunity for serendipity of being at the right place yeah. at the right time for something that's completely unplanned and random. Yeah, uh, I think of like with our family, we've always uh, I've, I'm Captain Random. We're just going to do something, and uh, you know, for example, my kids have never been to Disney, nor not under my watch because there's too many other interesting places to go see and experience. You know, for we did a road trip to Savannah, Charleston, and Asheville. Oh, nice! And, and to be able to experience those cities inside and out, um, the food, the culture, the people, you know, the sites, the history, all of that. You know, and then another year we go to Manhattan and we spend our time. You know, would they have ever seen what you see in a subway? In <laughs> I dare say, <laughs> yeah. you know, those are life right. lessons of you know, wow, you know, that really helps form a mind that you miss with the planned and structured uh, experiences. Well, it's also the, when you say that going someplace, you know, very little, you go someplace and, oh, we're going to Nashville. Well, Nashville has this restaurant, that restaurant, you know, or whatever Mm -hmm. to experience whatever they have there. Then everything became big box stores, malls. Now you had it in Evansville and you're like, well, now it's not as fun to go to down right, to Nashville right, to see right, something like that. And right. so it's great to see more of unique places coming back to right. unique locations because I like exploring. Yep. My Same wife, here. not so much. She'd rather have everything <laughs> planned. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but, yep. Or just lay on the beach, you know, and just be on the beach all, all, all the time. I get too antsy and want to go. Right. You know, right. so that's how I am. Well, there's no doubt we had our share of bad meals and bad experiences, yeah. but it makes for great stories that you never would have had before. As, right. long, as, as long as nobody gets hurt, I suppose. <laughs> you know, so. So is there in that randomness, is there something that you have planned this year that uh... – uh, Not this year because my daughter's going to Europe unless they cancel the trip. Uh, we, we, uh, our family goes to uh, Michigan every year, and then we have some kind of trips from there. It's a good opportunity to catch up with family and see things out there. So yeah, this is our year. We're not really doing anything. Yeah. So uh, we are. Looks like well over Uh-oh. forty-five minutes coming on to about forty-eight here. Any other topics you want to cover, there, Mister Davis? No, we covered a lot, didn't we? We went through a lot. Like we went through some questions that haven't even been out here. Uh, <laughs> we and in topics of of. Uh, Consumer privacy, 
consumer <laughs> data. Right. Touched on a lot. Uh, yeah, a few things there. So uh, if um, if the listeners want to connect with you, would like to connect with you, how, how do you how would you like for them to reach out? They could uh, get me via email at uh, richard.clements at coriontechnology.com. Yeah. Will there be a link in the uh, – There will be a link in the bo- – yeah, yeah, in the show notes. Video will be there. We'll have uh, any of the other – any social media. you have a favorite? I am – I love LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn fanatic. I think uh, I work that to death. Uh, okay. I do not do Facebook. I've got a page, but uh, – um, I, I would have to work too hard to make my highlight reel look uh, appetizing to everybody else. So. Reaching out at the TikTok and yeah. all that? Yeah. No. Nope. nope. LinkedIn's it. No dance parties? Yep. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I use them all. I use them all for different. Sure, sure. Yeah. LinkedIn's sure, great sure. for business. Yep. Twitter's good for a laugh when you need to just laugh at the yeah. ridiculousness on there. But, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram's kind of cool because there's a lot of great architectural. I love sketching. Like, mm-hmm. I still love the hand. Right. I love looking at people, images, even some videos of people just sketching and mm-hmm. still just like, man, I wish I could just. That's what I'd be doing is a lot of architectural artwork if I was right. won the lottery tomorrow. Yeah. Well, we thank you for coming in thank to you. the At 530 on Main podcast. We ask the listeners, as always, to like and comment and share the podcast out there. Uh, rate it, please. One, one, five, three, whatever that is, makes us better. Uh, lets us know if we're delivering on on our promise here of having a conversation that's built around experience and what that looks like today, whether it be a physical experience or a digital experience. But uh, I think we can all agree that today it is a convergence of all things digital, physical those things that you talked about, smell, touch, all those senses coming into one place. So once again, we thank Richard Clemens for coming in to the App 530 on Main podcast here at the Extension Studio, brought to you by Extend Group, VPS Architecture, and all of our friends here in downtown Evansville. Thanks for showing up. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.